Let's get it. You already know what time it is. Welcome back into the NFL with AJL, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry that we missed the Friday night show. Internet was out all week. That's why I wasn't active over the weekend, but we're back Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, a little bit afterwards, fashionably late, but it's all good. Wherever you're listening, please drop us a like on the stream. Subscribe on YouTube. Also hit the bell on YouTube. You'll never miss a post. We know about the QR code here. Scan that for every bit of the NFL with AJL social media content. If you can't scan it because you're watching on a screen at the NFL with AJL, please leave us a review on podcast platforms as well. It super helps. Loaded show tonight, Aaron Rodgers, Jets drama, Lamar Jackson turned down a bag, and yes, they are in fact $100 million apart on the contract. We got more NFL free agency. I know some of this stuff's about a week late. Like I said, it broke on Tuesday when we had the last show a week ago, was looking to load it up for Friday. Internet goes out, was supposed to have Justin Marville from this Justin Sports Show tonight, but nonetheless... We're going to get straight into it. As always, you can call into the show, 678-480-8716. Again, that's 678-480-8716. Debate the NFL with AJL live. Even if it's not a topic, maybe if it's not even football, bring it on the show. I welcome everybody. As I always say, get get at us on social media. Please engage. Love, love seeing you guys out there. Thanks for the love on the Falcons video. Thanks for the love on the Saints video. Thanks for all of the love we're getting on social media. And without further ado, what feels like the spiciest offseason story since Tom Brady goes to the Buccaneers a couple seasons ago, we've got Aaron Rodgers now with his intentions to play And his intentions are to play for the New York Jets. And I want to dig into that. We got the Pat McAfee show comments. We're going to talk about the compensation for Aaron Rodgers. But go ahead and get in the chat. Get in the comments. Let me know how it looks. Let me know how the audio is. Let me know your feelings on Aaron Rodgers and these damn New York Jets. So let's talk about the list. And when the list broke, of course, he's putting out the, the names of players to the New York Jets, guys that he wants to play with. And I'm like, oh, okay, we've we've seen this before. We've seen this side of Aaron Rodgers give lists of players, of course, specifically in Green Bay. That's where he been, he's been his, been his entire career. We've seen it with a Randall Cobb. We've seen it with, um, you know, just a couple of receivers out here, players out here that Aaron Rodgers had requested. And now before he even suits up in the green before he's even officially number 12 actually on paper past the comments for being a New York Jet he's already deciding hey I want these guys to come play with me so let's let's get all the way into it and kind of what Aaron Rodgers said here and and the list rather so he named OBJ which of course who wouldn't want OBJ we saw what he did his first four years in the league and I know he's got a couple of ACL tears so that's very scary no question but OBJ I think is still a viable wide receiver two or even wide receiver three on some teams So I'm not going to knock him for the OBJ. He named Alan Lazard as well, who did sign a four-year, $44 million deal with the Jets already, and he is literally anticipating Aaron Rodgers' arrival. So I'm not going to get mad about Lazard. You know, he's a guy, he's been there, or not a guy. He's a player that's been there for a few years in Green Bay, you know, a few seasons, growing that chemistry with A-Rod. And it felt like he was a real you know, not focal point of that offense, but he was a nice wide receiver too, or or wide receiver three, you know, to, to jump in there and catch some passes from A-Rod. Now, here's where I start to have the issues with this list. Mercedes Lewis. 
I think it's 38 or 39 years old. Excuse me, I have it here. 38-year-old, low-producing, blocking tight end. What what's what what's the point in Mercedes Lewis, honestly? And then he names Randall Cobb. And I'm not going to bore you guys with Randall Cobb's numbers. Just know Aaron Rodgers and for Jets fans that are watching and for everyone that's curious, this isn't 2014 or 2015 anymore. And Randall Cobb's out here with 12, 1,300 yards, you know, close to 100 catches, a few touchdowns. And, and I get this. You know, you can tell this is really tough for Aaron Rodgers. He went into the darkness hearing Green Bay say, take as long as you need. We'd love for you to retire a Packer. We'd love to have you back. And then he comes out of the darkness, or at least something changed. He doesn't know what shifted in the darkness, but he comes out of the darkness and he hears Green Bay is trying to move him. He lives on and is from the West Coast, and now he's going to be the furthest place from that in New York to finish out his NFL career. And it would be crazy if Aaron Rodgers actually retired a jet. I would like to think that the Packers could maybe mend some things with him. Like we're talking about a Bart Starr franchise. We're talking about a Brett Favre franchise. And yes, you know, Aaron Rodgers said it himself and fans will tell you, Aaron Rodgers could argue he is the best quarterback to ever be a Green Bay Packer and to ever sling a football for the home team in Lambeau Field. No question about that. And that's why he wants these veterans that he's played with, Mercedes Lewis, obviously Randall Cobb, obviously Alan Lazard. And and for for the clarification for this on Aaron Rodgers, and and I'm not going to be here to jump all over this, but... You know, Aaron Rodgers' clarification was, he says he only talked glowingly about the teammates that he loved, but he didn't demand anything, quote, I didn't walk up and hand them a paper saying, sign these folks. No, that's not what happened. Specific quote from Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. So having said all that, you know, I'm not here to really gripe about the list, but the writing's on the wall with Aaron Rodgers. It definitely means something. And the list is a red flag for me. Again, we saw Rodgers many times in his career request players to come play with him in Green Bay, Randall Cobb being the latest one, who was, of course, named here again. And we forget when Aaron Rodgers wanted the GM fired. And I feel like I'm maybe one of the only people out there that's like, the Jets should not walk away from Aaron Rodgers. They should run. The New York Jets have worked so, so, so hard to get to this point going through the Zach Wilson craziness, which crazy enough, he could still have a chance being mentored by Aaron Rodgers if Rodgers even goes and sticks it out for a sustainable amount of time. You take a risk on Robert Sala coming over from San Francisco. Now he's your rookie coach. Now he's your second-year coach. Now he's your third-year coach. You've got young guys in Sauce Gardner. You've got Brees Hall. You've got Garrett Wilson. Like for, To know that the Jets have had some great drafts outside of the Zach Wilson pick and coaching hires lately – they have worked way too hard to get here. You hear NFL players talk about the locker room, what they're going to miss the most. It's the locker room. It's the camaraderie. It's the brotherhood that they have actually built inside that room. And, and me, as a, me as a podcaster, us as fans, us watching the league, unless you are the 1% of the 1% that makes it to the NFL, we're never going to know what that locker room feeling feels like. Want to check in on the chat here because I see y'all popping in. Rogers pulling a LeBron. That's hilarious. Um, I, I don't know, man. I mean, LeBron went to you know quite a few places, so I'm not going to necessarily give that comp. Audio and visuals are good. Appreciate it, bro. Aaron's a drama queen as usual. It's funny how you said audio and visuals are good because I feel like Aaron Rodgers was having a lot of audio and visuals inside the darkness retreat, apparently with the ayahuasca that he was uh, having some fun with. I'm not here to debate that. It's just funny how you put that in the chat. Appreciate Wesley Davis. Go ahead and put you up on the screen here. All love, bro. And I appreciate you as well, Michael Darby. Again, you guys can always get in the chat, but this list is such a red flag to me. 
This is a young, inexperienced team. This is a young, inexperienced team outside of Robert Sala. Again, going through the Zach Wilson times, you've got Brees Hall, who's a baby. You've got Sauce Gardner, who's a baby. You've got Garrett Wilson, who's a baby. I'm not saying these guys aren't capable, and I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers can't do big things with this team and with this personnel. But again, like I said in my last video or a few few videos ago where I was like, would the Jets actually picking up Aaron Rodgers be worth it? Would it be good for the Jets? Would it be good for Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers has shied away from rookies and people who make mistakes in games, some of the newcomers to a team. I mean, we saw Christian Watson. We saw Romeo Dobbs, just of recent memory. You know, what about when Garrett Wilson drops a pass? What about when Brees Hall accidentally fumbles or mishandles a handoff and he doesn't convert potentially on a fourth down? We've seen Aaron's ego. We've seen Aaron's attitude create major issues before in Green Bay. Again, do we forget that Aaron Rodgers was demanding Brian Gutenkoots to be fired? And I apologize for my voice. It's been absolutely horrible these last few days, but I was trying to preserve it for the show tonight. I know I sound like I'm struggling a little bit. If not, just outed myself. It's all good. But let's not forget that Aaron Rodgers literally wanted the GM fired. Don't walk away, Jets. Run. Genuinely, run. Because because here's the thing, right? I see Jets fans, oh, it feels great. Here comes Aaron Rodgers. This will be the best quarterback by far in our history. Like, yes, we know Brett Favre and obviously Mark Sanchez went through there. I'm not, I'm not here to get into the New York Jets quarterback goat debate. But my main point is the Jets have worked so hard to get to this point. The locker room, the players, the coach. And I get it. They want to complete it with the quarterback. They feel like this piece here is the final piece to take them to the top. Newsflash, New York. Aaron Rodgers only has two years. He's done this the last few seasons in Green Bay. And I'm not saying New York is going to be like Green Bay. But I think a lot of us on here could argue that Green Bay has ran better than New York. And so when Aaron Rodgers now goes to an opposite coast, to a completely young team, to players he's never played, but played with before, maybe even against before, what if he doesn't get those signings? What if he's pitching to fit and bitching already because it's early in the season and, and rookies are making mistakes? I don't believe that the Jets should seriously pursue Aaron Rodgers like this. I get it. It's, you know, we've seen it with Stafford. We've seen it. With Tom Brady, we, you know, they attempted it with Russell Wilson, but this is just a completely different situation here. And to know that the Jets are, I mean, they're bought in, they're ready, they're they're waiting for A-Rod, right? But I, as a Jets fan, I just I'm gonna say right now, you're only gonna get probably one good year out of Aaron Rodgers, depending on how he played the season four, is how he's gonna predicate how he's walking into next year. We're going to get into the comments. The man said he was 90% retired. 90% retired. If you're 90% anything in your life, that means you're pretty close to doing it. So it would be a stretch and probably the biggest ask to have Aaron Rodgers play two years. Just seems like a lot for me. Now, I was going to rank the AFC. I'm still going to do that. But I want to talk about... um, well, no, let's rank the AFC. I want to go in order because I want to hit some sponsor breaks after that and, and make sure everything is good. The ayahuasca is good too, Aaron. <laughs> oh, man. I, I knew it was a psychedelic, but I just actually had to, to look that up when I first heard that he was uh, going to be tweaking while he was in the darkness. But hey, do what you do. Clear your mind nonetheless. So I said rank the AFC once Rodgers goes here. Let's just talk about the top 10 AFC teams. And yes, I did put them in order. Y'all are probably going to thrash me once I put this list out and once I say it here. It was hard, though. It was really hard because out of these top 10 teams in the AFC, 
Every single one of them can make the AFC title game, and it wouldn't shock me. So let's start from the top. Number one, Chiefs, clearly, nothing further. Number two, Bengals, clearly, nothing further. Love the Orlando Brown move as well. We're going to get into a lot of free agency later on in the show. And don't forget, y'all can call in 678-480-8716. Bills at number three. And, I mean, pretty reasonable. They're trying to figure out some, you know, some more weapons. They're trying to... Obviously, get some running backs in the room. They're trying to relieve Josh Allen. And, you know, some people are saying he's regressing. I know he's obviously turning the ball ball over more. But Chiefs one, Bengals two, Bills three. Now, this leaves the next seven teams. And they're not going to necessarily be in this order. But the next seven teams, Broncos, Browns, Ravens, Jags, Jets, Chargers, Dolphins. So when I go for the number four spot, like the three teams that I want to put up there, Broncos, because I... I have a lot of confidence in Sean Payton and what he's going to do with Russell Wilson. I'm clearly, y'all know I'm a fan. I watched him work his magic for 15 years and turn us around like crazy. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely want to put the the Jags up there if they're coming. Um, I feel like I'm one of the only Browns believers out right now. And I'm not saying all these guys are going to go for four, right? Um, you know, it, it's just hard though. So let's let's go to number four. It's like I don't even want to say this list because like it, it was just... It was so difficult, but I feel like when I made this list, I was looking at, okay, overall teams in the AFC, acquisitions that have happened, not counting draft capital, not counting draft moves. As of today, March 21st, 2023, 7.24 p.m. Eastern time, let's go for the top 10 AFC teams after Aaron Rodgers is here. I'm just going to go with it. I guess I felt confident, so here we go. Chiefs one, Bengals two, Bills three, Jets four. I take Rodgers over Aaron Wilson. I take that, or, uh, excuse me, I take Aaron Rodgers over Russell Wilson. I take that defense over a good bit of the defenses in this AFC, and the AFC has a lot of defense flying around it as well. I mean, Jags, Browns, Ravens, um, if the Dolphins, you know, they, they just got Jalen Ramsey in there. So this AFC is going to be crazy. And then they just had a better overall season last year than Denver. So that's going to be the number four team for me would be the Jets. I, God, I just, I feel this as I'm saying this, I'm literally going to probably switch this list around so much. But again, so number five, give me the Broncos. Again, this is highly due to Sean Payton. I have a lot of faith. They'll turn Russell Wilson back into something great. And they have spent great free agency money already. And number six, give me the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne, Doug Peterson, the Super Bowl winning coach. This team balled last year with house money. And I think they're going to take even bigger leaps this year. At the uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, at the seven spot, I, I feel like this is where y'all are going to get crazy. So now we've got the Browns, Ravens, Chargers, and Dolphins. I'm going to put the Browns at the seven spot. I have a lot of faith in Deshaun Watson right now. Nick Chubb is still there. Hopefully Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt comes back. I know y'all are probably asking why about Deshaun Watson, but I'm not forgetting what he did before all that legal stuff happened. He literally missed 11 games last year and didn't look trash, but he looked as best as he could not playing for essentially 30-plus NFL games or close to 30 NFL games before he saw the field initially with the Cleveland Browns. Amari Cooper balled out very quietly last year, and this defense is still intact as well. At number eight, I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens, and I know y'all are going to want to thrash me for this, and I, I hate putting them this low, but the more time goes on with Lamar Jackson, with the Ravens, like is it going to be Tyler Huntley? Who is actually going to be the Ravens quarterback when the when, when week one starts for the 2023 season? I don't know. I don't know who the hell it's going to be. And we see how bare this offense is as well. And, and, and it's, it is strictly like, here's why I want to put them so low with Lamar Jackson, having damn near nobody on his offense and defense as he had a lead in his division, 
before a lot of the injuries happened. Before he got injured, they were first in the division. And I want to say they were a one seed in the AFC. We don't know about Lamar. And a lot of that was because of coaching. The Ravens looked horrible without Lamar Jackson. They've been horrible without Lamar Jackson ever since the Ravens drafted him. So I just don't know what to make of everything. I really don't. And then I'm going to have the Chargers at number nine. Again, this feels very low, but you know the defense and coaching really makes me put them this low. I, I'm not a big fan of the defense. They just lost Drew Tranquil to the Chiefs. Um, you know, Justin Herbert is great, but it's it's a lot of coaching with this team, and this this team just has to get it together coaching wise. I pride myself a lot on coaching, and of course, the quarterback position as well. I could probably put the Chargers above the Ravens. Maybe you can flip the two of them because I would take, you know, I would take Herbert over Lamar, but I would take Harbaugh. And, you know, I would take Harbaugh over over Brandon Staley, but I would take the Chargers roster over the Ravens. This shit, Ravens, it's just, it's so tough, you know. And then at number 10, the Dolphins. And I know they're very low here, but Tua worries me a lot. I know they just got Jalen Ramsey. He's going to look good next to X Howard, which I really hope X Howard improves. He's given up 13 uh, passing touchdowns over his last two years in the league. And, you know, without a quarterback, if they don't know what's happening with two, like, yes, we know two is going to play. We know two is going to come back. We know he's going to give it his all. And he was on pace again for a 4,600 yard, 34 touchdown, 10 interception season. But he's got to stay healthy because at the end of the day, those numbers are just a math problem. Tua actually has to solve the health problem on the field. So again, top 10 teams in the AFC. Chiefs one, Bengals two, Bills three. I think that's unanimous. I'm going to put the Jets at four because I like Aaron Rodgers over Russell Wilson, and I believe Robert Saul is going to come into his own. It's going to be a little shaky, but if everything pans out like we're expecting it to with the Jets, and I do think it's going to be a little shaky at times, maybe September, October, but by the time November, December comes around, they're going to have their shit together. No question about it. So... The Jets, again, at four. I take Aaron Rodgers over Russell Wilson. I like that defense. I would probably take the Broncos' defense over the Jets, but maybe not by much. I feel like the rosters are very comparable, but at the end of the day, I'm always going to take a quarterback over another. And Sean Payton is clearly better than Robert Sala. So it's like you could flop these teams around. Again, all of these teams can make the AFC title game, and it wouldn't surprise me. Number five, I have the Broncos, again, because I like Russell Wilson less than Sean, or excuse me, Russell Wilson less than Lamar Jackson. Then I'm going to have the Jaguars. Yes, I am going to like Russell Wilson more than Trevor Lawrence this year because I have a lot of faith in Sean Payton. That is literally most of the reason I'm buying into this team. And again, I know what the guy's capable of. They're biased there, absolutely. But I firsthand witnessed what he did for my franchise over 15 years. After that, I'm going to put the Browns because I feel more sure about their quarterback situation. Their roster looks better than the Ravens, in my opinion. Um, after that, I'm going to have the Ravens, which I feel like I could put the Chargers above them. I just I want to get off this segment so bad because like, I, I knew I had to rank them, but ugh, like I, I feel like I could have spent probably three hours on this list. Like If we're really digging in offense, defense, you know, coach, quarterback. But all right, I'm just going to say to move on. Chiefs one, Bengals two, Bills three, Jets four, Broncos five, Jaguars six, Browns seven, Ravens eight, Chargers nine, Dolphins ten. All right, I'm going to check the chat, hit a little sponsor break, get some water, and then we're going to be out of here. Thank you so much. It feels good to be back. Told you I'd see my number one fan out there in the chat. Almost 300 subs. Proud of you. Thank you so much. You know I appreciate it. Out here hustling hard. Darby says Ravens have no one on their offense besides Mark Andrews. I'll die on that hill. Yeah, I mean, that's true. When they traded Hollywood Brown in the draft last year, I was like, damn, really? Like, that's what they're doing? 
that's what's really happening. All right, so we've addressed the list. We have ranked the top 10 teams painfully and excruciatingly probably inaccurate by the time I get off this show, but nonetheless, it's there on the tape. I'm not gonna be afraid to cut it and put it out because that's what we do. Let's go ahead and head to into our first sponsor break of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, you already know we are sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL for all of your worldwide professional real estate needs. Make sure to hit them up at Buy and Sell with AJL. Whether you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, or maybe invest in real estate, make sure to hit them up. Drop your email. Get on that monthly newsletter. They also just put some AI, not necessarily some chat GPT type of stuff in there, which is really crazy, by the way. Just figured out what chat GPT can do, actually. Um, but they do have an AI system in there to where all you do is drop your email and your property address. If you're a homeowner, maybe you're looking at a house, you want to get that value. Maybe you just always want to know what a really nice Airbnb's value is. Drop the address, drop your email. You'll get the possible price of that home, the average price for the area. You'll get how many homes are in that area selling and how fast they're selling as well. So essentially all the nuts and bolts that sellers want to know. Make sure to hit up buy and sell with AJL to stay ahead of the daunting real estate news and media headlines. As always, you can call the show 678-480-8716. Again, you can debate me live. Yes, I'm here in the studio, in my home. I'm recording the podcast now and you can call in and debate with me, even if it's not about the NFL or maybe it's not a topic that I'm having. I love talking sports with everybody, love networking, chopping it up with folks. And of course, please like the stream wherever you're at. Please subscribe on YouTube. The subs are getting a lot better. We are not on 99.5%. No people um, that are watching subscribing. Remember I said 99.5% of y'all watching were actually not subscribed, which is crazy. But nonetheless, we're reaching people. I appreciate y'all. Like the stream, please subscribe hit the bell so you never miss a post as always the qr code here if you can't scan it at the nfl with ajl on all social media platforms click the link in my bio that's where the qr code takes you it's every bit of content we got please leave us a review on apple podcast spotify wherever you get your shows and if you can't find me you're just not looking hard enough it's just that simple if you can't find me you're not going I mean, you're just not looking hard enough. Sorry, I was reading a comment from Wesley, and this one's good. So I'm going to drop this. Pull up Wesley's comment before we get back into some of this Aaron Rodgers shenanigans. Where does Lamar go if not the Ravens? Look, I said I'd love to see San Francisco. <laughs> I'd really, really like to see Miami. Um, I thought the Jets was great as well. I mean, you think of what the Jets, what Miami, what San Fran has. I, I think the most electrifying place for Lamar Jackson would be the Miami Dolphins. You're talking about the two fastest receivers in the league. You're talking about Lamar Jackson. You're talking about what Mike McDaniel's already done. You've gonna, you're going to bring him into a defense that's clearly sound with the pieces that they have. Yeah, it sucks that they lost Mike Kosicki, but it is what it is. So if Lamar does not go to the Ravens, which would be crazy as hell, the biggest story in that franchise's history more than likely outside of just how Ray Lewis's career overall played out, which no shot at Ray's one of my favorites ever. Um, but yeah, I really think that, that he should go to the Miami Dolphins. Hopefully the Mars stays out of the NFC. I want my wasteland to stay open for the taking. Totally agree with you, Darby. Um, I feel better about the saints every day. I really do. I, I feel better about just kind of the division every day, what we're going to do. I know we got Adam Thielen in the, with the Panthers, but I feel like that's going to kind of be unfair for him because who the hell is throwing the football to him. Right. But nonetheless, let's, uh, Go ahead and get out of the chat here and talk about some compensation and expectations for Aaron Rodgers in year one. 
What am I expecting from the Jets and Aaron Rodgers in year one? We're going to make this a quick one. I, I see 11 to 12 wins on the schedule, knowing what Aaron Rodgers is going to do in those tight moments, in those games that they lost, you know, when they lost, I think, six straight down the stretch. Um, so I see 11 to 12 wins on the schedule. Oddly enough, I think they're going to go three and three in the division. I think they split with the Dolphins. I think they split with the Bills. And I think they split with the Patriots. I think that's very reasonable. The Dolphins have a great offense. The Bills are clearly a smash mouth team. And Bill Belichick knows how to really solve anything that's thrown his way. Um, you know, and, and like I said, the Pats know the Jets. They got Miami. They got Buffalo. And, you know, those teams are both good, if not great, on the verge of it, right? But for me, looking at the expectations for the Jets in year one, it's got to be at least the divisional round, like at the bare minimum. I'm I'm not even a Jets fan, and I'm not settling for a wild card for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I'm just not. Like, all of this that's been taken into account, everything that's been happening, you know, like, and you're just, you just want to accept a, a wild card win, a division win, maybe. I'm not saying that's what the fans want, but it's got to be at least a divisional round. Really, it should be the title game at the bare minimum, considering Aaron Rodgers' status right now. Clearly, it didn't look good because Devontae Adams was gone. But again, 11 to 12 wins. I think they go three and three in the division. You have to at least get to the divisional round. I think it's kind of unfair and lofty to say, oh, AFC title game first year, go to the divisional, maybe lose it by a nail biter. Maybe you make the AFC title game. But I think in the second year, if Aaron Rodgers comes back, it's got to be a Super Bowl win. Fans are out here saying you're Super Bowl contenders, which kind of think is crazy. <laughs> I get it. You know, rah, rah, New York, been in the dumps for a minute. I get all that. But bare minimum divisional this year, and I would like to see the title game or, or really a Super Bowl win. I'd really like to see a Super Bowl appearance first year, Super Bowl win next year. If I'm a fan, I know that's what I'm pushing for, knowing that. You might have to pay this man 50, 55, 60 million dollars a year at 38, 39 years old. Like he's he's old, you know? And having a season like that right before you turn 40, like Breeze was still looking good at 40. Brady was still looking good at 40. I want to say Manning was in that 40 tier. You know, obviously he didn't look great in the last year he won the Super Bowl, but the way he played with the Broncos. So it just, you know, just going to talk about the the legends that played later into their years. Um you know, with 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 everything and, and how it's played out in the NFL. Um, and then in terms of yards and touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers, I think about 4,500 yards for Aaron Rodgers would be fair. And I think 35 touchdowns. If y'all hear some scratches, my dog's trying to get in. Shift mine. Say, hey, he's podcasting out there. You leave him alone. <laughs> but again, Think about 4,500 yards for Aaron Rodgers and 35 touchdowns or so would be fair for the expectations from the Jets and Aaron Rodgers in year one. Now let's talk about some compensation for him. Let's talk about his massive deal. Let's talk about the Pat McAfee show comments. Again, Aaron Rodgers said he was 90% retired going into the darkness retreat. So if if I'm a Jets fan, like I said, if you're 90% anything, and we have the pups in sitting live on the show, live audience of Inca Lewis, let's clap it up for her. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, mommy let her in. You like being in here on the show, girl? Huh? I know you do. You don't have to tell me. I love you. <laughs> um, and thanks, by the way, babe. Really appreciate you. I know you heard her out there. But again, Aaron Rodgers, 90% retired, going into the darkness retreat. So if I'm a fan, I'm going to be wary because, again, we saw – how he's held Green Bay hostage. I mean, there's literally jokes out there that Aaron Rodgers is literally playing GM for the Bears, <laughs> God, for the Packers and for the Jets right now. So 
again, 90% retired, 10% playing. Now you want to completely flip the coast. Now you want to bring all these people over. Now you want to go to this brand new young team. Like it's just, again, I would be so wary. Don't walk, run away from Aaron Rodgers. He said he debated a retire. He said he debated a retired life and an NFL playing life while he was in there. I think that's very fair. Weigh your options. What would life be still playing? What would life be not playing? And he even said the reason he was 90% retired is he hadn't got back into his workouts yet. He wasn't, you know, really gung-ho or motivated to do it. And I was like, okay, we're starting to hear some true, I guess, you know, inside thoughts of a, an older NFL quarterback that wants to retire. And again, rightfully so. Four-time MVP, Super Bowl champion. Like, we don't need to go over Aaron Rodgers' resume. And I'm not, you know, ragging on the guy. But he said on Friday, March 10th, that he was committed to playing for the Jets. And Aaron Rodgers said that it isn't him holding up and the Packers are negotiating compensation for him. So let's talk about compensation for Aaron Rodgers. And then I am done talking Aaron Rodgers. We have had a nice segment about this. But again, I know it's a little late. It's very important. I didn't even put the graphic back up. But, you know, it's all good because uh, you guys are tapped in listening to me. We're still on the Rodgers Jets drama. Don't you guys worry. Should New York rework Aaron's massive deal? He's scheduled to make $60 million in 2023. And knowing how the Jets were able to draft the people that they were, knowing how the Jets were able to pay the people that they were, knowing how the Jets were able to just create the roster that they have and the camaraderie within the locker room and the personnel, I think when you, it's just like I said with Jalen Hurts, <laughs> you pay Aaron Rodgers $60 million and watch what the hell that does for your cap situation and for your actual disposability of players, or I guess how disposable players are going to seem. Once you have a, again, 38, 39-year-old, we're just going to call him 40 at this point. Love you, A-Rod, sorry. A 40-year-old quarterback on your roster, right? Um, I think it'd be fair to still pay him. I mean, he already got, you know, I think four years, 200 million, you know, a couple couple years back after winning, I think, the first MVP, or maybe it was after the second MVP. Um, but yeah, you know, so, you know, he's he's probably still going to want that 50 million but if anything you can negotiate off, like we're talking about an extra running back, we're talking about maybe, you know, we're, we're talking about an extra player or two if you can get him to come down maybe $10, 15000000 million off that deal. You know, because again, Rodgers would make $59.465 million from the Jets in 2023. And in my opinion, if that's the case, Call Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and work something out because you're going to get more commitment. You're going to get more longevity. I know the injuries are scary, but concerning... Aaron Rodgers' attitude and wishy-washiness, I get it. The best, ability, the best ability is availability. No question about that, right? But it just makes me so nervous for the Jets. You've worked so hard to get here, and you're going to bring in a diva. I get it. Zach Wilson's put a really bad taste in their mouth. The fans were literally chanting for Mike White to get put in and to play. <laughs> you took Zach stupidly at second overall, and we all knew he was a bust before you took him when the reports came out, like we knew it wasn't going to be it for Zach Wilson. So I get it. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot tied up into this decision, but you have to rework Aaron Rodgers' massive deal. So now we have to ask the question of what should the trade package be? Apparently they want something similar to Matthew Stafford. The Packers do, which was two first, a third and a starting quarterback who actually went to the Super Bowl in Jared Goff. Jared Goff played very well that year that he went to the Super Bowl outside of the actual game of the Super Bowl. But now apparently the Packers don't want two firsts anymore. The reports say maybe two total picks and at least one first rounder. They're also reportedly willing to hold Aaron Rodgers until the NFL draft if they need to. So there's these questions going out around there about, oh, who's got the leverage? Does Aaron Rodgers have leverage? 
Does the, you know, do the Packers, do the Jets? When I read this, they're also reportedly willing to hold on to Aaron Rodgers until the NFL draft if they need to. And the Jets don't want to part with the they the Jets don't want to part with the 13th overall pick. I get it. It's a very sticky situation. You're dealing with an uncommitted older quarterback who's wishy-washy every year, who tries to be GM, who tries to run things with a team. And it's just hard. Is he worth the first? Is he even worth a second? Not getting into that. If it's me, I'd be really, really, really wary for a first-round pick. I get it. We're talking about one of the greatest ever. And I understand what happened with the Matthew Stafford deal. But Matthew Stafford also did not have commitment issues. And the Rams, excuse me, and the Lions actually wanted to help Stafford get to a place that he wanted to go so he could win a Super Bowl. His first Super Bowl, matter of fact. So it's just, it's it's really different here between the way that, you know, it's just really different here between the package with Stafford and the package with Aaron Rodgers. Now, trade package, trade compensation. I'm not giving up a first if I'm the Jets. I'll give you a second and a third or maybe two seconds or maybe a second and a, and a conditional pick. You know, I'm not going to dive super deep, but I'm not giving a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets aren't wanting to pay what Green Bay is asking. And Green Bay isn't in a rush to make the trade and just give Aaron Rodgers away despite wanting to clear him from the cap and move on. Again, talking about the contract, the Jets are going to have to pay Aaron Rodgers an astronomical sum in 2023, or they'll have to negotiate a new deal with him, which could take more time. So we're talking about compensation. We're talking about a new deal. We're talking about the Packers potentially holding him until the NFL draft. And we're also talking about his wishy-washiness and how he was 90% retired and how he's already given a list to the New York Jets for players that he wants to play with. But that sounds like a good deal. That, that sounds like a good idea, right? Hell yeah. Sign me up. Let me sign right here. I'm the New York Jets. Sign it right there. Run away. Run. The more I talk about it, the more that the writing is on the wall. Again, if you're going to pay Aaron Rodgers close to 59, 60 million, invest in Lamar Jackson. Honestly, give him a call, work it out. You're going to get longevity. You're going to get commitment. You're going to get a lot of talent. And again, New York has to be careful because Rodgers might only play one season depending on how everything goes. And considering how indecisive and dramatic he's been with his Green Bay exit, if he does only play one season and then leave, the Jets are going to be fleece giving up two first round picks, let alone one. That's enough about Aaron Rodgers, though. That was a solid 34 minutes on him. I've had so much to say. I expected to have a guest on the show for tonight. I really had Friday's show ready to go, obviously. So today was just, you know, going live on Tuesday, regular show for you guys. Um, insane RPO would be Lamar and Henry. Yeah, but the, the Titans are bare, bro. Keep wishing. Love you, Wes. Jets could run away from Aaron and draft Tanner McKee at the end of the first or second round if they really wanted to. Yeah, I mean... They clearly have to go quarterback. And, and, and here's the thing before we move off A-Rod, right? Like uh, the big question is going to be, well, Adam, what else do they have? Lamar Jackson's still there. Like I said, the draft is there. Yeah, you might not be in the great spot. But now that I've seen draft moves happen and the halls happen, if you're willing to send out the pick and the money and the player, you can essentially make any trade in the NFL. It's just if the player, if the money, if the picks are worth it. I'm not going to devise a trade package for the Jets, but I could argue that the Jets should trade up in the draft and get somebody. I know they just, you know, obviously got Zach Wilson, but he's he's not the guy. He's not the answer. Take your lumps. Move on. 
It's just like San Francisco with Trey Lance, which they should feel worse because they gave up a huge asshole to go get Trey. But again, I'm off Aaron Rodgers. Let's get into some NFL free agency. We're going to play some yay or nay NFL free agency edition. Y'all get in the chat. Let me know. Is this a yay signing or is this a nay? And again, I know this one's about a week old, but we're still jumping in here. Darren Waller traded to the Giants for a third round pick. This is going to be a yay for me because the Giants are a team that is up and coming. Clearly a nay for the Raiders, but this is going to be a, you know, a move. The Giants are up and coming. Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. For a third rounder, knowing that they gave up that much and with him being injury prone the last couple of years, again, uh, uh, Darren Waller has a lot of great upside and I want to see him healthy. Again, thankfully, I had the pleasure of meeting the man. I, I thought it was fantastic. Huge guy. Very, very humble. Put on a great podcast with my boy, Jay the Plug. Shout out to Jay the Plug. If you're looking for any custom cleats or sneakers, make sure you check out Jay the Plug on all social media platforms. That wasn't even a plug for him. <laughs> but again, Darren Waller traded for a third rounder. That's going to be a yay for me. That's great for the Giants. Going to be a nay for the Raiders because you know, they shouldn't have sent Darren Waller out there. You sign Jimmy G, you give up Derek Carr. Like, What's going on with Josh Jacobs? He's not happy. Devontae Adams is sending out tweets. But Darren Waller to the Giants is going to be a great safety blanket for Daniel Jones. They needed some speed. They needed some size. They needed some pass catchers on that team. Um, Darren Waller seems to be happy. It sucks that he just got married in Vegas, and now he's all the way on the East Coast. You got rumors about Josh McDaniels as it being a romantic. Josh McDaniels wasn't um, invited to the wedding for Darren Waller. Words of Kelsey Plum, who is the Las Vegas Aces uh, WNBA star, who, congratulations, Darren, he did just marry. But this is going to be a yay for me. I'm happy for Darren Waller. Not happy for the Raiders, but unfortunately, I mean, who, <laughs> who really cares about the Raiders? Sorry, guys. All right. Michael Thomas is coming back to the New Orleans Saints for a $10 million deal. And Jameis Winston is coming back also. Jameis coming back, I'm, I'm whatever. We got Derek Carr, right? I'm, I'm not going to fret too much about that. Jameis actually put a post on Instagram saying, hey, I'm coming back because I actually felt supported and surrounded by the fans in New Orleans. I mean, he went on and on and on about the fans, about the camaraderie, about what the the players did for him, what the coaches have done for him. So, you know, Jameis had offers from other teams. He had bigger bags available from other teams. He had more snaps guaranteed with other teams, and he chose to come back to New Orleans. So it's clearly a testament of his character. He said, hey, I know I've been injured the last few years. You know, between the ACL, I think his shoulder was hurting, and I think, you know, week two or three. Darby, you remember when we watched that game? Um, but yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to trip about Jameis Winston, but Michael Thomas coming back on a $10 million deal. Nay, absolute nay. Absolutely not. And I'm here to call a truce with you, Michael Thomas. If you can play all 17 games and just give me five total touchdowns, I'm not even going to put a yards or a catch stipulation on there. And that'll probably come back to bite me in the ass because watch him play just a few games, get five touchdowns because he used them in the red zone, and then he doesn't play for another nine games. And maybe I shouldn't have said that because I put that juju out there. But that is how I feel about Michael Thomas. We are now, ta we are now talking about him being three or four years removed from the NFL setting record to then get B. To, to then be paid the highest ever for a wide receiver, $100 million over five years, $20 million bucks a year. Then, of course, Julio comes out, gets paid like $22 million a year. Now Tyreek Hill's making 30 so it's kind of history, right? Just goes to show you the inflation of wide receivers and how crazy it is, though. Again, Michael Thomas has played, what, five, seven games over the last three years? 
He has not been the same since Brady came to the division and he rolled his ankle on Alvin Kamara. I loved Michael Thomas before he got injured. And I'm not going to sit here and call him a trash player because he's not. But we haven't seen anything from him. And I get it. You give him a very incentive-laden deal. I think it's about $10 million, can go up to 15 if I'm not mistaken. But I'm, I'm not a fan of the Michael Thomas re-signing. I'm not. You just took that $10 million? I mean, hell, you could have given that to Adam Thielen on a one-year deal. <laughs> I mean, you could have brought in OBJ, who would have loved to play in New Orleans. I still hope we go get him. But you just got to know when to cut bait. You just got to know when to move on. It's like when you have a bad car. It's like when you're in a bad relationship. It's like when your job's not working. You have to learn how to cut bait and move on. And Michael Thomas will continue to finesse the Saints as long as they continue to throw assets at him. And they continue to want to pay him money. I don't get it. It's a nay for me. It's a major, major nay for me. Michael Thomas should have been given a vet minimum deal, Jamal, to the Saints. Michael Thomas should have been given a vet minimum deal to Mom to the Saints. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of kind of confused me with that comment there, Darby, but I know what you mean, man. Yeah. Um, so so it's gonna be a nay. Again, Jameis Winston coming back. Eh, whatever. I I guess I'll say yay because of the character, right? Now, here's a big yay for me. Still speaking of my New Orleans Saints. The Saints signed Jamal Williams, who led the NFL in rushing touchdowns last year with the Lions. He signed him to a three-year, $12 million deal with only $8 million guaranteed and a third-year option. So, again, he's only going to cost us about $4 million a year. I'm very happy about this. This is a major yay for me. We know Alvin Kamara could be facing suspension time. He wasn't very uh, used very well last year with Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael, which is very puzzling and almost disgusting to watch as a fan. As a fan, um, you know, clearly Mark Ingram is old. Um, I think Tony Jones was in at one point. I think we had a David Montgomery, if I'm not mistaken. You know, outside of Kamara, there was nobody. You bring in Jamal Williams. I'm hoping the Saints bolster up the offensive line. Very, very happy about Jamal Williams coming to the New Orleans Saints. The Colts traded Stephon Gilmore to the Cowboys, who is now with Trayvon Diggs. It's going to be another yay for me as well. Again, we're playing yay or nay here. NFL free agency edition. The Colts, excuse me, traded Stephon Gilmore to the Cowboys, who is now in that secondary with Trayvon Diggs. That's going to be a yay for me. Um, you know, Stephon Gilmore, former defense player of the year. He played with the Patriots, looked very good. He did not look that great with the Colts, but I believe he was battling injuries as well. But now you've got Trayvon Diggs. Now you've got Stephon Gilmore, one of the best cornerback backfield, you know, cornerback duos in the NFL, one of the best secondaries that we're hopefully going to see now. So this is good for the Cowboys. And I'm even going to say potentially yay for the Colts as well, because, you know, they're kind of going through some stuff, releasing Matt Ryan, who they're going to take a quarterback. Uh, you know, Gardner Minshew comes in to, you know, to, to, to mesh with, um, you know, some of the former Eagles personnel that's there. And again, this is showing that comfortability of Frank Reich because Gardner Minshew kind of falls in line with that build that we talked about with the Matt Ryans, with the Carson Wentz's, with the Phillip Rivers. The Cowboys cut Ezekiel Elliott. This is going to be a yay for me for the Cowboys because Ezekiel Elliott single-handedly made it to where a running back will never make above I don't know, maybe 13 million a year, which is so unfortunate because we know these guys get punished. You know, they get punished, they get pummeled. I mean, the average career expectancy of an NFL running back is less than five years, let alone an NFL player. So these guys get beat into the dirt. They took, you know, they they take the most hits, arguably, out of anyone in the game, or some of the most hits out of anyone in the game. And the Cowboys paid Zeke before they paid him. He was a two-time rushing champ, I believe. He's an all-pro. He's a pro bowler. After they paid him. Not very much speed, not very much zip or burst in less than 70 yards a game. So this is going to be a yay. 
And it's it's unfortunate because, you know, Zeke looked very good with the Cowboys at times, but Tony Pollard has clearly been, you know, the most consistent and best running back for them. And, you know, now the Cowboys aren't going to be strapped. At one point, they had a top five paid receiver, quarterback, running back, and offensive lineman. And none of those guys were performing at top five levels. Maybe not far outside of top five levels, but Jerry Jones loves to pay his guys, and he's got to eat crow when the check isn't right. Miles Sanders to the Panthers for four years. That's going to be a yay for me as well. Maybe this was just a whole yay session, right? No, I had a couple of nays in there. Uh, Miles Sanders to the Panthers for four years. Thought this was another good one. I'm, I'm a fan of Miles Sanders. I know his consistency has been questioned. I know his play style has been questioned. Um, you know, just the way he was kind of fitting in with Philly. And I kind of feel like in a way, maybe it's not a bad rap, but there was there was just a lot of noise around Miles Sanders, and I, I guess I really didn't understand why. Because you look at his numbers, I mean, the, the dude's pretty solid. He can be a two way type of guy. He can you know definitely be maybe not a bell cow back, but he can he can make you pay in multiple different ways. So for the Panthers, that's awesome. I'll go ahead and talk about Adam Thielen to the Panthers as well. This is going to be a big yay. <clears throat> the only nay that I actually have out of this is Adam Thielen had offers from the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champion, which would have been great. God, maybe he was wanting to be fair to us. The Dallas Cowboys, which they could use another wide receiver, and then the Carolina Panthers. And he took the Carolina Panthers offer, which was not the biggest, but necessarily, you know, money doesn't always talk. Adam Thielen took this deal for the Carolina Panthers because, quote, I believe they can win a Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs just entered the chat. <laughs> Two-time Super Bowl MVP, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. Hello. Probably my repeat for next year. I mean, for real. Until the Eagles got cleaned out, my Super Bowl match was more than likely going to be Chiefs-Eagles. Probably not the Eagles now. They've lost literally nine notable people. Um, but nonetheless, yes, it is going to be a yay for Adam Thielen and also a yay for the um, signing of Miles Sanders. I also want to say yay about Isaac Samalo to the Steelers. That's a great pickup. Isaac Samalo clearly had a very big part of that offensive line. Philly's league best offensive line for a couple years now. I also think that's why Miles Sanders really got a lot of his credit from me anyways. Um, so that's going to be another yay is Isaac Samalo to the Steelers. Orlando Brown to the Bengals. I don't know if this is a yay or a nay. This might just kind of fall in the middle for me because you know, a lot of Chiefs fans are like Orlando Brown can afford to get out of town after I said that I thought that they couldn't couldn't afford to. PFF grades weren't the best. You know, uh, you know the win rates weren't the best either with Orlando Brown, just how he played with the Chiefs last year. Going to the Bengals is clearly going to help them. I think they were still top 10 in sacks taken last year versus being third in the year that they went to the Super Bowl. So Orlando Brown to the Bengals, that's a slight yay. Feels more kind of like a meh, maybe a, maybe a, um, you know, just kind of a, a lateral move nonetheless. Now, the Patriots signed Mike Gesicki, James Robinson, and Juju Smith-Schuster. And that might just sound like a guy, a guy, and another guy. But I look at Mike Gesicki, who was, you know, after you talk about the main core of, you know, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, I'm going to start looking at Mike Gesicki because he's got hands, he's got speed, he can leap. Like, we've seen the one-handed catches. Tua looked really good with him, and I hate that. Gesicki is now going to be out of there because Tua was going to need a safety blanket coming back into the NFL, you know, clearly with, uh, you know, just how, how he's been handling things. A tight end makes everybody better. It doesn't matter how great or how bad the quarterback is. It will make them better. So I'm going to give this a yay. I like Mike Gesicki. James Robinson might not feel like a lot of, you know, a lot to people, but he was doing great with the Jaguars just a couple years ago as an undrafted rookie. Contract was still very small. And then Juju which is kind of puzzling because like Bill Belichick does not put up with this type of stuff at all. 
We know that Juju Smith-Schuster is a big TikToker. He's a big guy on social media. He was literally jabbing at James Bradbury after the Super Bowl. So just, you know, it's. Uh, I guess they're going to try to straighten him out. Maybe Juju realizes, hey, I do need to get my shit together. Maybe I do need a Patriot way. Maybe I do need a Bill Belichick type of presence in my life. But I'm going to give this a yay. I think Mike Gesicki, James Robinson, and Juju Smith-Schuster are going to be names that we see frequently in that Patriots depth chart in those starting lineups and maybe even making plays in the next year. The Chiefs signed Drew Tranquil, linebacker from the Chargers, and also Mike Edwards, safety from the Bucks. This is going to be a yay. Drew Tranquil was a great free agent left on the market. He's one of the best coverage linebackers in the league. I've watched this guy plays for, uh, play for years alongside Eric Kendricks, which fell, or excuse me, Eric Kendricks is now a Charger because Drew Tranquil is no longer one and is now a Chief. Um, but Drew Tranquil, you know, clearly a, 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 a good linebacker in this league. I have a lot of respect for him. Mike Edwards, the, the Mike Edwards, the only things I really think of outside of the bad PFF grade is the fact that Mike Edwards did have two pick sixes on Matt Ryan in the exact same game, back-to-back pick sixes. I think he was the first NFL player ever to have the two pick sixes in the same game off the same quarterback. So just very unfortunate, but this is going to be a yay for me. I already talked about Thielen to the Panthers. Chauncey Garner-Johnson to the Lions for $8 million. <laughs> so when I looked in on this, Apparently, Chauncey Garner-Johnson was wanting about $12 million a year, which I think is about what Jesse Bates got. Um, you know, he wanted that with the Saints. The Saints let him go. Obviously, they were cap-strapped. They, they couldn't really do a whole lot. But now, with Chauncey Garner-Johnson leaving the Eagles, going to the Lions for $8 million a year. And again, that's, that's going to feel very solid, right? The Lions are going to enjoy him. I just hate to see CGJ now on his third team in three years. It's going to be a yay for the Lions, but it's going to be a nay for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I mean, I guess you couldn't work something out with the Eagles. You don't want to come back home to New Orleans? You know you just led the league in picks last year, bro? Did you know that? You deserve way more than $8 million. I get it. Maybe, maybe from the scouts and from the coaches and from the personnel, they don't see that on the tape. I do. I see a ball-hawking smash-mouth safety who plays very physical and will make you a play at any point in the game and paid off in year one for the Eagles. Led the league in interceptions. Hated when we lost Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. <laughs> now we lost Caden Ellis. I mean, geez. All right, and the last one here, the Texans get Dalton Schultz, Brandon Cooks, and Devin Singletary. This is going to be a yay because, again, I, I kind of view Dalton Schultz like Mike Gusicki. Not as good, but he's a tight end that's serviceable. And, I mean, if my team got him, I wouldn't be upset. And not only because I don't have a tight end, but because those guys are very serviceable. They're very good. Brandon Cooks was a rookie with the Saints. We saw what he did with the – um you know, the Rams, the Texans as well brought him under their ring, or excuse me, the, um, I feel like Brandon Cooks just went from the Texans. Did he not? I'm about to look at that right now. Yeah, Brandon Cooks. Oh, excuse me. Brandon Cooks is a cowboy. Why am I tripping? What am I doing here? So the Texans did get Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary. I feel like they got someone else. I'm tripping the wider, the, the, <laughs> the, um, the Cowboys got Brandon Cooks, which I really, you know, wouldn't. That's not on the list. I couldn't care about that. But the Texans get Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary. It's going to be a yay. Again, I have respect for Dalton Schultz. I think he's a good tight end. Devin Singletary, eh, kind of a hit or miss. Running back two, maybe running back three. He has the capability to maybe be a running back one. We've seen some of the injuries, you know, um, with Buffalo, and he he didn't have a the, the greatest impact with Buffalo, of course. But um, yeah, so we went over Darren Waller to the Giants for a third rounder. Yay, Michael Thomas to the Saints. For again, again, nay. Jameis to the Saints, yay. Saints signed Jamal Williams, yay. Colts trade Gilmore to the Cowboys, yay. Cowboys cut Zeke, yay. Miles Sanders to the Panthers for four years, yay. 
Orlando Brown to the Bengals, eh, meh, kind of a lateral move. Patriots signed Mike Kosicki, James Robinson, and Juju, yay. Chiefs signed Drew Tranquil and Mike Edwards on the defense, yay. Thielen to the Panthers, yay. CGJ to the Lions for $8 million. nay for CGJ, but yay for the Lions. And then the Texans get Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary. I feel like I should have just said my favorite you know, free agency moves that I didn't talk about in the other episode. I mean, it's a lot of stuff, right? You you, you got to get it together for sure. About to hit a sponsor break, but I want to check back into the chat here. Chauncey got locker room issues. Eagles offered him a long-term deal too, but he wanted more. Yeah, Patriots need to trade for D-Hop. Cardinals are only asking a fourth round pick. Wow. I mean, you put your asking price low and someone will come by, right? I mean, that's what you got to do at the end of the day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hit another sponsor break, talk about Lamar Jackson and maybe Jalen Carter, and then we're going to get out of here. I don't know. I'm kind of feeling hit Lamar and just wrapping up the show, but I'm going to deliver with Jalen Carter. Don't you guys worry. I'll be right there. Let's do it. But let's go ahead and hit the sponsor break first. Again, wherever you're watching, please like the stream, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube. Y'all been running it up with the subscribers lately. Really appreciate y'all. Appreciate the love that I'm getting on all social media. Make sure to go ahead and hit that bell as well so you never miss a post. Scan the QR code. It's every bit of podcast content, every bit of social media content. If you can't scan that at the NFL with AJL on all social media platforms, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can't find us, you're simply not looking hard enough. Call the show, 678-480-8716. Debate me live, whether what I'm talking about, maybe it's not what I'm talking about, maybe it's not even football. Maybe you just need to call and vent to somebody. I got you, bro. I'm here for you. And as always, we are sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL for all your worldwide professional real estate needs. Make sure you contact that Buy and Sell with AJL. Whether you need to buy a home, sell a home, or get an investment property, they are the people to help you out. They know agents worldwide, countrywide, nationwide, however you want to look at it. Make sure you drop your email to get on their monthly newsletter that's got great information about local events, the local and national real estate market, some of the recent deals that they've done to help the families and the clients that they serve. And also, they've got some AI implemented into the business. Drop an address of a property that you want to know what it could be worth, how many properties in the area, and how fast it's selling, whether it's your home, a home you're going to buy, an Airbnb you want to keep up with, whatever. Drop your email. Drop your address or the address and they will get you on a artificial intelligence AI, maybe a little bit of chat GPT in there, but they'll get you on that system to help funnel that information towards you. Now we got to talk about Lamar Jackson again. I've talked about them being $100 million apart in contract. I've talked about collusion. I've talked about the franchise tag. I've talked about landing destinations, but now it was confirmed that Lamar Jackson declined a fat ass bag from the Ravens and excuse my language, but I almost could not believe the freaking bag that he turned down when I looked into it. So Lamar Jackson, Adam Schefter came out, said that Lamar Jackson apparently turned down a $200 million contract. I can't remember if he said it was guaranteed or not, but he turned it down. Lamar Jackson did in fact turn down, not $200 million. He did confirm that him and the Ravens were hundred million dollars apart in contract talks. Lamar Jackson turned down a three-year, $133 million, fully guaranteed deal. Fully guaranteed. $133 million. 
So as I'm on the show right now, most guaranteed money NFL. Tracking the most money guaranteed. When was this written? Because just to know this would be crazy. March, this was written yesterday. Let's see. Obviously, Deshaun Watson, 230 guaranteed. Josh Allen, 150 guaranteed. Aaron Rodgers, 151 guaranteed. Russell Wilson, 165 guaranteed. Kyler Murray, 190 guaranteed. God bless it. That is guaranteed money, right? Yep. Okay. So I, I can I can kind of understand. You don't even want to pay me Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, or Deshaun Watson money, and I can make a case that I'm better than all of them as of right now, and other people out there would make the case for them too. I get that, right? But Lamar, <clears throat> you realize you haven't finished your last two seasons? You realize that the Deshaun Watson contract was an outlier. Like, you're you're not going to get that. And the fact that they wanted to come up here and let, let's just do the math, ladies and gentlemen, 133 divided by three is $44 million a year. I just want to make sure I have that right. 133 divided by three. Yes. $44.3 million a year for a quarterback that hasn't finished his last two seasons. And I'm not a Lamar Jackson hater, but just, just take this into perspective for a quarterback that hasn't finished his last two seasons. For a quarterback that hasn't looked great in the playoffs, for a quarterback that shrunk as the best player in the league and the unanimous MVP in the playoffs, for a guy that hasn't even thrown for 40 touchdowns in a season, for a guy that hasn't even thrown for 4,000 yards in a season. Lamar, they were willing to pay you guaranteed for the next three years. What are you doing? It's just, it's so confusing because... Like, I get it. You only get paid like this once. You're already in the 1% of the 1%, and you feel like maybe, you know, whether it's greed or not, you feel like some of the dollar signs will kind of calm down for these guys, right? Because, hell, just a million-dollar paycheck to 99% of the people in this world would change their life. And you're $100 million in contract talks apart. You don't have an agent. And I just want to go on record and say, Lamar Jackson, if you did have an agent, you would be signed. (coughs) You would have a deal, Lamar. You would probably be in the top five highest paid quarterbacks in NFL history and in the league right now if you had an agent. But you're representing yourself. All respect. I think there's been rumors about Lamar's mom being an agent. All respect. But when you deal with big-time agents that have dealt with big-time players, Lamar Jackson, you're a big-time player. They get you big-time money. And you just turned down a $44 million fully guaranteed deal. They even gave you the benefit of the doubt if you wanted to leave Baltimore after three years. Three years to make $133 million. Oh, man. I was just shocked when I figured out that Lamar Jackson actually turned that down. And again, you don't want to pay me like Josh Allen. You don't want to pay me like Kyler, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. I get that. I can make a case that I'm better than all of them. But we can also prove, Lamar, that a team just offered you a 40-plus million dollar contract fully guaranteed for only three years. I think that's a very generous offer considering that you have not finished your last two years. Don't get me wrong, guys. I'm a Lamar fan. Love the dude. 
Michael Vick is my favorite player, so when I see Lamar Jackson on the field doing his thing, it takes me back to when I first started watching football in 2004. When I got my first Madden case, Madden 05, Ray Lewis on the cover. Michael Vick was a cheat code at that point. So don't think I'm out here dogging Lamar. I'm not. But it's very perplexing and confusing to know that he turned down this contract. So, I mean, of course we know. In my opinion, Lamar Jackson is silly for turning this down. Get in the comments. Y'all let me know what you think. But with this information, because we love to play the blame game, people want to play the blame game. Can you push more blame onto Lamar Jackson or Baltimore knowing that he turned this down and now he's not signed? I'm blaming Lamar. As of right now, I'm blaming Lamar Jackson. March 21st, 2023, 8-11 p.m. Eastern Time. I am blaming Lamar Jackson for him not being signed yet. You don't have an agent. You bet on yourself and it bit you in the ass. Again, I'm, I, I like you a lot, bro. I'm just I'm, I'm breaking down the situation for what it is. You haven't finished the last two seasons. You don't have an agent. And you just turned down. Like, I, I get it. You're $100 million apart. But, I mean, when you look at, okay, I can only be here for three years. Hey, girl, you good? Sorry, y'all got to make sure the pups don't have bad dreams. We only want you to play for three years. We're willing to pay you every penny of this contract. We're even willing to pay you amongst the top paid quarterbacks in the league with $44 million a year. But it's the guaranteed money. It's 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 the amount of time. And, you know, maybe you can look at this and say, okay, maybe the Ravens should have been a little more generous. Maybe they should have given him a little more money, a little more time. Maybe they should have given him something that big to show that, hey, we are committed to you, like the GM said. And let's just go back to what I think DaCosta said. You know, basically something along the lines of, we look forward to continuing to, go to negotiate with Lamar Jackson and have good faith that a deal will get done. And we want the future of this team to be built on Lamar Jackson. I think the offer should have reflected that, though. And, and I said it, word salad, he's saying what he's supposed to say. But Lamar, again, also has to realize he hasn't finished his seasons. He hasn't been big in the playoffs. And he just turned down three years, $133 million fully guaranteed. I'm blaming Lamar as the reason he's not signed right there. But you can also, very interesting situation, you can also look at the fact that Lamar, and the commitment of the Ravens. The reports did leak that the Ravens were looking into Jacoby Brissett and Baker Mayfield before they each got signed in free agency present with the commanders, Baker Mayfield with the Rams. So, I mean, the, the Ravens, again, they, they have their hands tied so tight because they got burned after they paid Joe Flacco. They paid players in the past before. They see how Kyler just got hurt. They see how Russell Wilson was just, was just bad. They see how Derek Carr, after getting extended and luring in a teammate, he's gone. They see how Matthew Stafford just got hurt after his big extension. They see how Aaron Rodgers now wants to be a Jet after his $60 million he's due to make in 2023. They see all that. So you can't blame them for their skepticism because the core of it, and and and, and this is also why, I'm really going to finally like place, I guess, more of the blame on Lamar. Throw the damn Deshaun Watson contract out the window, bro. Throw it out. Burn it. Rip it up. Step on it. Shred it. Whatever you got to do. Out of your mind, at least, right? That was a desperate move from a desperate franchise. And the Ravens are neither one of those. And you're not a desperate player, Lamar. 
But in a way, you're kind of acting desperate because of this deal you just turned down. So Lamar Jackson, again, turns down, turns down a three-year, $133 million, fully guaranteed deal from the Baltimore Ravens. And with that information, I'm going to push more blame onto Lamar Jackson because Baltimore basically said, look, we'll pay you a lot. We'll even give you a fully guaranteed deal. But we're going to protect our asses on the back end and only make it for three years. And we're also going to be potentially looking into Jacoby Brissett and Baker Mayfield just in case you don't want to slide through for us. So that's that. I'm going to get on a Jalen Carter's Pro Day for just a second before we hop out of the show. Again, ladies and gentlemen, this is the NFL with AJL episode 12. Please like the stream wherever you're at. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the bell. The QR code is every bit of information that we have. If you can't find that at the NFL with AJL on all social media platforms, check the link in the bio. It's going to be every bit of content we got. Please leave us a review on podcast platforms. It really helps us with the algorithm. As always, please call the show, 678-480-8716. You can debate me live. And without further ado, let's talk about Jalen Carter's pro day, which was very unfortunate. Jalen Carter had an awful pro day for UGA. He showed up nine pounds heavier than he did at the combine, and he could not, not didn't, he could not finish his position drills because of cramps and his heavy breathing. He didn't work out in front of scouts on the combine at March 2nd. And he only measured and had interviews with NFL teams. He didn't even speak to reporters in Athens on his pro day after missing his media session at the combine. So I have no more. I I feel like now, and I'm I'm not here to, you know, go over someone's dirty past. It's why when I talk about Deshaun Watson, y'all can judge me if you want. I leave his off-field shit away from it because I'm here to talk about the game and what he's going to do for the team and what he's going to do for the players. And that's what I'm here to do with Jalen Carter is to talk about the game and what he's going to do in the draft and what he's going to do for his teammates. We know that the off-field arrest happened with the potential, you know, with, unfortunately, God rest their souls, the death of the Georgia players back in January. I hate to know that Jalen Carter was tied to that. And I'm not going to sit here and hold that against him, but when you look at how scouts are going to dig into him, how we've seen a Johnny Menzel fall in the draft, how we've seen some certain guys fall in the draft, I think Matt Corral literally fell in the draft because he struggled with depression and drinking. And that was a leaked report from, I want to say, the team that actually drafted him because they got those insights from other places around the league. You're judged hard as hell in the NFL. There's a reason that they ask quarterbacks, how did you grow up? Did you have a stable, you know, did you have a stable mother and father in your life? What are your values? You know, what are these guys really going to do when no one's looking and you're handed the keys to a billion dollar franchise and you're probably going to make a fifth of a billion dollars on your uh, on your quarterback contract? So we have to ask the question of, will Jalen Carter possibly slip out of the first round? And let's just let's let's just go through a little bit between the combine and the media day. <clears throat> he opted to only do position drills and did not participate in other aspects of the workout at Pro Day, including the 40. He didn't do cone drills and other physical tests as well. He literally didn't finish the position drills because he was cramping up so badly and breathing so heavily. He worked out in front of scouts and coaches from all 32 NFL teams in Georgia's indoor facility, but three specific head coaches, the Falcons' Arthur Smith, the Bears' coach Matt Eberflus, and of course one of the legends in Mike Tomlin for the Steelers, were in attendance. And this, this is just so unfortunate, right? We're talking about a guy who was you know, regarded at one point as the number one overall pick. That stuff happens back in January, so he's you know just naturally going to fall down some boards. He had to literally leave the combine to get arrested and come back. And I'm a dogs fan, y'all. Y'all, y'all see the stuff in the background. 
I love the dogs. Yes, I'm a Saints fan as well. Yes, I'm a Braves fan as well. Hold that side of the family's from New Orleans for any of those people questioning. How the hell can you do that? Yeah, I'd like to see LSU too, but the dogs are my guys. The dogs are literally my dogs. So to know that Jalen Carter used to be at one point a number one overall pick, and now he's dealt with the arrest. The combine wasn't great because he didn't really talk to anybody or rather want to do anything at the combine. And then he now doesn't look great at the pro day. And, you know, that's just really, really, really unfortunate because, sorry, y'all, I'm literally like feeling something right here in my nose and I'm not trying to be raunchy about it. Um, You know, but it's just like, it's just one thing after another, after another, after another. And not necessarily like that, but we do have, you know, we do have about three instances where it's like, damn, is Jalen Carter really a first round talent? First round talent, yes, but your your off field stuff matters. You know, the weight matters. Like not not finishing positioning drills because you can't, not because you won't, but because you literally cannot do it. You don't have the will. Not so, not calling him weak, but he, he didn't have the energy and the willpower to get you know willpower to go and do it or to finish it. That's going to say a lot. Because with just that short amount of time, just a couple weeks from the combine to, to the pro day, you put on an extra, and, and I'm not going to really trip about the extra nine pounds because Bryce Young basically put on water weight, you know, for the combine. Um, but when you're a guy as big as Jalen Carter, every pound matters, every inch matters, every, you know, second matters when you are regarded as a first round pick, especially coming out of the SEC and in Georgia. I do unfortunately think he's going to slip out of the first round. Call me crazy if you want, but I've seen this in the past again with Johnny Manziel with Matt Corral. And I know we're not talking about a quarterback, but you know, with, with some running backs and again, the, 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 the same principles apply, maybe not for every position, but they're going to want to know, Hey, like, are, are you good for this? We see what's happened. I mean, even with Baker Mayfield still going number one overall, grabbing his junk on the sideline, the police video. Like I was shocked that Baker Mayfield still went number one overall. I thought, okay, you know, maybe number eight, maybe number 12, obviously the Browns are in the position they were in, but I mean, Baker, you know, kind of coming into the draft didn't didn't look the greatest with the off-field stuff. And, and this is what this reminds me here of Jalen Carter. Baker obviously got a slight, but it's unfortunate for Jalen Carter. I hope he goes first round. He's got a great motor. I mean, he's great at Georgia. You know, he clearly is in the NFL draft for a reason, but with the arrest, with the way that he played out at the Combine, and with his flop at Pro Day, it's just it's not looking pretty for Jalen Carter. Again, just wanted to tackle that before we got uh, out of the show tonight. But I appreciate everyone tuning in for the NFL with AJL episode 11. Let's go ahead and get out of here. with AJL ladies and gentlemen please like the stream before you get out of here subscribe on YouTube make sure you hit the bell for every post so you never miss it when we go live the QR code here scan that for every bit of content it's going to take you to the link tree every bit of content on every platform and also podcast platforms please make sure you leave us a review it really 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 helps out in the algorithm at the NFL with AJL on all social media platforms if you can't find me you're simply not looking hard enough Again, sorry, weren't on on Friday. Internet went out, had some kids literally run through the Internet hub at the front of the neighborhood, took the fence out and everything. So I had to hotspot my way to two YouTube videos, I think, on Friday or Saturday. It was very tough. I want to say it was Saturday. I, I literally waited so long to get those clips posted. Thought about recording the show, played out the Wi-Fi a little bit. But nonetheless, we're back. Episode 13 will be here on Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. 
looking to have Jansen Harris on from the Just Good Network, from the Final Play podcast, however he says it out there. This is the NFL with AJL, episode 12, signing out, ladies and gentlemen.